0: This is Utah Survivors Podcast with your host, Brandon and Alex.
1: In the world of True Crime TV, we're bringing you the story straight from the survivors. Victims don't become survivors without the help of a community.
0: So every week we will have a 30-minute interview alternating between a survivor of crime and an organization that helps victims in similar situations.
1: Due to the graphic nature of crime, many of the topics we discuss may be difficult for some listeners. If you are in crisis or triggered by these discussions, please reach out to local and national hotlines listed on our website, utahsurvivors.org. Welcome to another episode of Utah Survivors podcast, and we are back with Rachel. Hello. Thanks for coming back on. Um, last time we as we were going through your podcast, we clearly wanted to do a second episode but did not have time and the first episode is aired and people want more as long as well as I do (laughs) it's in demand
2: I'm telling you it could be a mini series
1: it really could and last time you gave us such a good insight of like kind of the chaos that you were experiencing and Mm -hmm. what you because you didn't know what was going on your life was pure chaos and I feel like we caught that from the last episode um And I know people have also been like, well, give us the details, which I don't want to bet. You
2: tell us what you want. I'll I'll give details. The problem is, is, I mean, I'll give details, but if I were to give you all of the details and the nuances and the diabolical plans and all of these things that I've now found yeah. out would be here for a week. I mean, it's... I mean, I'd have quite a few episodes in the day. <laughs> I know. Could Take a break then. <laughs> I know. <laughs> like Rachel part 30. <laughs> exactly. And, and all your listeners would be like, she's back again. <laughs> and,
1: like, and we have no more this. Or they'll be like really intrigued like they were with... With some of the other ones I've heard.
2: That's true.
1: Um, So we kind of are in this place where we've heard, she's in prison, we've kind of talked about everything that was going on. Mm-hmm. And I honestly have no idea where to start, but like, what is,
2: is the biggest thing you found out since? Oh, since, so, I mean, honestly, there's a lot of details and things that we found out, but what has been the biggest, almost like, messes with my mind is just all of the things that make sense, that didn't make sense at the time, Uh Um, questions, you know, that she would ask me about my health, but were phrased in weird ways or events that happened or even things like, so my bedding's all white and cream. And so I would wake up and there'd be like a little, like, like, thing of blood on my sheet and I would look and I couldn't see anything yeah. that should do it. And then now knowing it's from injections she was doing to me while yeah. I, I was um, dosed with ketamine. So a recap, because yes. I just realized
1: we're like, if people didn't listen to the last one, you and your, at the time, best friend shared a mm-hmm. home together and you were like family for 25 years. 25 years. I was going to yes. say 20, so 25 years. And through those years, she became obsessed with you and then plotted to kill you and was poisoning you and trying to gain custody of your child.
0: And before we rehash everything from the last episode, just so we don't have to do that, um, for those that haven't heard the last uh, the episode that we had with you, stop right now, go back to episode 42, and then come back to this spot. We'll wait yes. for you. Okay. Now that you've listened to episode 42.
1: <laughs> you've pushed pause.
0: <laughs> you've pushed pause. Now you're back.
2: Uh-huh.
0: Okay. Yes. Now we go forward.
2: Well, why don't I just start with how I found out and then we'll kind of go. Yeah. Oh that'd, yeah. Okay. Like yeah, the that'd day. Be okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. So, so how that, did you find yeah. out that you were slowly <laughs> being murdered
1: by the person you lived with?
2: So um a few probably a week before um December twenty-fifth, so a week before Christmas, um I was really, really ill and I but there was a knock on the door and I went and I had a hard time, and I it was seeing double. And I went and opened the door, and there was um, what I, they identified themselves as the FBI. And my first thought was, what did she do? Not as far as like t- what did she do, but what did she? tell them what I did or what
1: wh- like what why am I in trouble right? right
2: because she had done things like that in the past that we were you know had been trying to I'd been trying to forgive her for and, and things I'm trying to work through so that was my first thought is uh, and I I just kind of dejectively come on in you know cuz you don't tell the FBI no thanks I don't want any <laughs> and- <laughs> you don't say come again later and by the way it is exactly how it is on TV they have the black SUVs, they oh, really? they park them in front of your house. Uh, you know, they have people waiting. People couldn't walk on the sidewalk. I mean, it was it was pretty not hilarious because like I've never had the
1: FBI show up at my house, so I don't know. But it's good to know. Well, I mean, I what do- a
0: sheltered life you live. <laughs>
2: <know.
1: Exactly>. Who <laughs> hasn't had
0: the FBI come to their <laughs> house these days? But they live ha- your life a little uh, bit I, better. I, I
1: can call them easily. I have access.
2: <laughs> yeah, I have their number. <laughs> But so they had a search warrant and they – so they started asking me questions about where packages are, are, you know, and I'm like, they come here because I'm home and I can sign for them. But – and they asked me if she had a a appeal box and they were just started kind of asking questions. And what had happened is the week before this, I was at the doctor's and I came home and I was telling – her that I had told my doctors that all of these illnesses and everything, like, yes, we're, we've been trying to find out what's causing them, but it's not normal that all of these things that you can't explain are happening to one person. And exactly. I and I really felt like that, I don't know, you know, I, I don't really know. I I didn't really know at the time what I was asking for, but I think kind of in a vein of like wanting an investigation and then I went to my primary care. That was my surgeon, my back surgeon. And then I went to my primary care, and she was there. She'd driven me. And I, and I came out, and I told her that I had talked to the same thing. And he said, yeah, we need to get um, to the bottom of it. And we were talking as we were walking out of the medical building and about so this. So
1: you, the doctor, and...
2: No, I was telling her about my conversation with the doctor oh, as we were telling, walking okay. out. So the first thing that popped in my mind was, did somebody hear me talking to her and um, think that I was you know like even oh, like a nurse okay. or somebody, you know, and think that I was saying that so something this was, was your happening. When the FBI yeah, right just asked. the first thing, I mean, just kind of in your moment of weirdness that yeah, that probably. you're in the middle of a episode of criminal minds. And so they uh they they kind of no no you know that's not it and then they were asking me a lot of questions does she she does she make beer in the thing or does she Use this as teacher, and what I found out later is they were going through all of her stories because she had told them multiple stories. Of oh wait, so why... she had talked to them at this point. But at this point, yeah, they had already arrested her. Oh, I so you had no idea she had been arrested. I had no idea even at this point that she had been arrested. Okay, had so... she
0: been gone for like multiple days or just a few hours? They had literally just it was, arrested her. She was just at a work. They
2: ar- they arrested her at her work,
0: and then they were asking her those stories, and then they were yeah. Then to they you. they okay.
2: arrested her, and then they came because they didn't know if I was a participant. They had no idea why she was. Buying these things off the dark web, these and viruses. She was buying
1: like MRSA and yeah. ketamine and insulin. They and, didn't know
2: if she was going to put it in a water supply or d- bring it to a school. But like they, and be they, a national they, terrorist, yeah. right? And they didn't know if I was a, at that point. They didn't know what she was doing, and then obviously didn't know if I was a part of it. So, yeah. and uh, so they didn't really tip their hand as what they were asking me. And mm-hmm. um, finally, I looked down and I saw on the um, just the search warrants, you know, pretty long. And I looked down and just the first thing that caught my eye was biohazard or, or something biochemical or something. Mm-hmm. And I just blurted out, well, I've been having a lot of, cause I just had the E. coli and just had all yeah. of these things. Well, I've had a lot of bacteria and viruses and things. And I don't even know what I was, th- cause they asked me, why did you say that? And I'm like, cause I looked down and saw you know bio something something on the search warrant Uh and it just was that thing where it was just the first thing that popped out of my mind and it was the only connection to any reason they were here not that you knew
1: you were being poisoned but you're like no oh i know what this is about because maybe it's Mm -hmm. in our house and yeah
2: so they were asking me like where her room was where my room was um where the garage was, because one of her stories was that she was making beer out in the garage, or she was doing science experiments out in the garage. And that's why you need Versa. Yeah, she was. Yeah, she Good was. know. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> and uh, she was. I think she doesn't teach students that way. She works worked with them, but she didn't teach. And so all these strange stories that they were asking me. So everything was very disjointed. You know, it was asking me if if she has a PO box. Asking me if she makes beer in the. In the garage, so
1: so you're very much a suspect. They did not respond to you as like, oh my gosh, I'm sorry, this is happening. No, so no one knew at this point. No, so they were questioning you. As they were questioning
2: me. me. But I think I think probably just based on their training and uh, you know, I th- people are good actors or or whatnot. But I think you can genuinely tell when somebody's very confused. You know, I wasn't. You were like the deer in headlights, luckily. Like, yeah, the? like what is going on? And and then the fact that I they were asking me where the garage was, and I didn't go. What are you going to go look in the garage for? You know, yeah. like you know, like because if I knew something was out there, right here
1: I'll show you. Let me walk yeah. you there. Yeah, you I did. I o-
2: I opened the garage door for them, yeah. and and they were going to look in my room. I and I didn't go in there to monitor what they were looking at. You know, I yeah. th- I think things like that. You know, I mean, I mean, you a-
1: have like, well, all logically, like if you're like, come to my home, I have nothing to hide. Right. The cops can be like, OK, I really don't think they have anything to hide.
2: Right. right. And yeah. And the only thing I questioned was because I'm a clean freak and I'm neurotic about it. And, um, Um, the only thing I questioned is if they were going to do the fingerprinting dust because I didn't want it all over my house. And that was my only concern. I love
1: your clean (laughs) fragrance. I probably need you at my house.
2: Well, I, yeah, I mean, that was my biggest priority. I mean, I, here I was dying and I still had to dust all, you know,
1: I need a non dusty (laughs) room as I see double.
2: (laughs) So, yeah, so it was, it was very bizarre. It was, um, but, and keep in mind, I was so ill that I, I kept, they kept going, let's have you sit down because I think they thought I was going to pass out because I had a fresh injection mark on me. Uh And obviously we believe it was the rat poison that was making me sick. Yeah. But we don't know because, you know, there's certain things that we suspect based on the evidence, but couldn't be proven in a court of law. And the rat poison was, she had it. There was no reason for her to have it because that's not how, even if we had rats, that's not how we would, get rid of them because we have animals and children we wouldn't just put down rat poison in a house and then have a dead rat somewhere
1: yeah
2: um so that's not it didn't make sense why she had and then all of our things like that bug sprays and things were out in the garage anyway and this was in her room why would she have it And she has cats sleeping in her room. She wouldn't have had that. So So,
1: wait, so you had a fresh injection mark that you didn't know where it came from. Yeah. How did you find that?
2: It was on my finger. Oh. And I asked her, I said, I have a weird and it looks infected. And I said, and she's told me it was a bug bite. And I'm like, this doesn't look like any other bug bite. And... It looks like an injection. Yeah, like that. That somebody didn't, you know, clean or you know, it wasn't like infected. Like I needed antibiotics, but it was raised, raised red, and yeah, and it hurt. Mm -hmm. And so, um, and so I showed them that, and I said, I don't know what this is, but, um, and so I was really sick. So they were interviewing me and searching my house and doing all these things, and then eventually. They started to ask more about when I said MRSA. Their ears perked up that I'd okay. had MRSA.
1: Can you? Did you see them like switch from like uh huh interrogation yes. to like oh poop, there's more here.
2: Yes. Okay. That's there was a definite attitude shift that you could see. Um, and keep in mind, and you could see it, but I wasn't focused on it. I was actually just focusing, trying to stay upright. I and mean, not, I was so not passed
1: st- out. Yeah, yeah, I was
2: so sick. But so they started asking questions, and they you know knew that she was ordering from the dark web, um, because that's how she was caught. Uh-huh. Um, but um, they hadn't gone through. They had gotten her account when they interviewed her prior to talking to me, and um, they had gotten her account. One of them, because she had ordered from different. Um, accounts on the dark web okay. and they'd gotten the one her password or something from her i don't know why she gave it to him but she did and so i think they had just began to look at see see so things that she had just ordered. started
1: seeing all the yeah all, so we the, didn't know the versa they somehow caught the versa
2: yet yeah. we didn't know about the insulin until the next day we so oh. this first initial we didn't know that the insulin was until because they found another account of hers that she had ordered the insulin. And then later, and yeah, and then down the road found the needles and the, and things like that. But so the insulin, you know, because I'm not diabetic, and it had gone down to 13 and then 18 and all that. Which and I was in the hospital for a week and and whatnot. He, they there was no explanation for it. They we didn't even so at that point we didn't even know about the insulin, which ended up being the charge that would have been the attempted murder charge was the insulin because of the evidence.
1: Yeah. Okay. So here you are. Sitting with these FBI agents, they switch to actually realizing
2: mm-hmm.
1: you're the victim. Yes, you're about to pass out because you're ill as hell, uh-huh. and all
2: the lights are like dinging in your head. It 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 was almost, and I think I have said this before, maybe on the other podcast, but I think there's something when something this strange. Um, you know, like we were saying, most people don't have the FBI at their house. Yeah. <laughs> Something this strange happens and you're and and all and questions are getting answered. Like I had more questions answered than I had extra, you know. It was like yeah, it's things opposite. started to make sense. I things get it. that she did, things that that happened, things that, you know, questions she would ask me, events, because the timing of things was always really odd to me. And I think we talked about it in the last episode where I would have a trip planned and and then I'd Mm -hmm. fall sick where, and so then I started going back and insulin things, remembering what happened, the E. coli things, remembering what happened right before then and realizing that there is a pattern to when these things are happening.
1: Yeah, a very clear one.
2: Yeah, and they're personal things, you know, things that somebody else looking at wouldn't catch that pattern, but because I I know, and I know what our normal plans are, and I know how our daily life, and I know why. And then, so one thing that stood out to me is the next day when they were telling me about the insulin and the ketamine, and, and they said, we feel like you would have been dead. And I just remembered I we had I had told her that I was just tired and I just needed some space from her and I wanted to move out like it, immediately and obviously it was the holidays I wasn't meaning immediately but I don't know I, apparently she didn't realize that I was just saying I I want to move out as soon as I can for you know temporary as we said, talked about um, she asked me to stay till the twenty fifth and
1: okay so this was right.
2: Before. This was, yeah, this was the week um before she was arrested. Okay. She had said, Can you just stay till the twenty fifth? Which so most people would stay till Christmas. Well, most people that's how it would seem normal because that's what she was saying. But I'm I don't celebrate I'm pagan, so I celebrate Yule and we don't we don't celebrate it on the twenty fifth. Okay. It's actually you know the twenty-fifth is just another day in our holiday. Uh-huh. And my son doesn't know the dates. So of we could course. we could sell we could open presents or not. On, on August a, 23rd, in, exactly. and it wouldn't matter. So really her asking me to do that was very was one of those Antenna things that did kind of go, oh, that's weird. But when they told me that she had ordered the Versa expedited shipping
1: Oh, so she ordered it the day you said you wanted to
2: move out. Yeah. Oh, poo. Expedited shipping, which she hadn't done a, with previous orders that they found. Hmm. And so she was... An
0: expedite would have a tracking number.
2: <laughs> I dun, dun, dun. Like,
0: why would you order anything that you're not supposed to be ordering off the dark web with expedited shipping? Because she
2: was afraid I was going to move out before she had a chance to get to just, me. Before she killed you. Yeah. It's
0: just...
1: That's yeah. so crazy. Yeah. So she really, like, in theory, if you wouldn't have said,
2: hey, I need a break, mm-hmm. probably would have just... You would have just died would have, eventually. Yeah. she it, it probably would have not been that um, order that she happened to get an undercover agent. And, and so all of these things fell in place to keep me alive because I wouldn't... I mean, she had ordered new insulin, so she was obviously going to do that. She had ordered...
1: so that we understand the pause crystal just wrote down evil
2: (laughs) you're evil which is so true she really is i mean honestly Uh i just i i and this is the thing where i say there's so many stories like this where i can tell you all of these events in which i was drugged whether it was to die or just to be made sick Uh uh-huh there are things like that for almost every event. I mean. Interesting.
1: Like you know, So she she could feel the control slipping away uh-huh. and she gained it back by poisoning you. Yes. One way or another. Yes. When was like the first time you ever felt
2: sick that wasn't like, oh, I just broke my back? So uh, probably about three years before she was arrested, it started to be where. Um,
1: in my desk, the top left drawer on the left
2: thing. He wants a knife.
1: Okay, so the first
2: time you're sick, sorry. <laughs> no, and so the first time, so about the time I started to have um, unexplained, like severe nausea, I was going to the gym, I was getting really healthy, I was in a, you know, in a good place, and I, you know, had talked about maybe, you know, trying going out, dating or whatever. Oh and then all of a sudden i started to get these unex- weird like nausea that not just nausea but like lay tripling. in bed i had two different kinds of emetics, you know prescriptions and having to take both of having to take both of them at the same time which is not that's not normal that's not normal and then i, w- I went and i would go to the doctor and they would they would ultrasound my whole body that nothing was causing it you know and so they just basically give me zantac and 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 hope they and yeah there just never was anything they could find and so you know i thought maybe i had ulcers i thought maybe i had i mean just whatever and so that's the things that would start and then um it was about the time that i started to get where it felt more deadly was right after um she had kind of sprung this. So when marriage equality happened, and because we're 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 advocates of that, we we thought it was a good thing and, and celebrated in that. We had um, friends of ours who know that we're not a couple, but had said. Are you guys gonna get married so that, you know, insurance and da da da, which I, I don't think you should do that, to, you know. Are, but it
1: makes sense. You guys have lived yeah. together for 20 plus years. and
2: Yeah. And I'm just like, no. And she's like, no, and all that. But so we end up going to dinner, her family's for a, a, one of the holidays. And she just announced in front of them, and the, for the first time to me, that we were thinking about letting her adopt my son because now oh. that he ma- marriage equality was legal adoption for all parties was uh, was legal. Oh, you my know? gosh. And I just kind of – I didn't want to embarrass her. So I just kind of said, yeah. And then we went home and I'm just like, what was that about? And she's like, oh, I, I kind of just thought with all the talk about it that maybe – that we had decided that. And I'm like, how did you get – okay. That was weird. And so this was also – so right after this is when you started getting deadly ill, right? Well, I, well no, because I – not immediately because I told her I thought – it is fair for me to at least give some thought to it, like just, you know, because there are benefits that, you know, I would, wouldn't be solely responsible. I'd have somebody else that would, you know, be able to help if I and, died.
1: Like, and if you've been so sick, so the thought of like, yeah. what if I died? What's going to happen to my special needs?
2: Because diet? I don't have anyone else. Yeah. And so um, so, a few, I, I, I thought about it for a while and I kind of went through pros and cons in my head and I came back to her. And so that year for Mother's Day, her family sent her a Mother's Day card, which really, really wrangled. Like, I, I was very upset by it. So when that happened, I, I kind of said – and keep in mind, I, I was in the mood, not at her. I thought it was them. Okay. Uh-huh. And so then it started – she said, well, but we had told them that – thinking about the adoption and they just know that how much I love them and all that stuff. She was justifying it. And I just said, well – I I don't really think the adoption's gonna. Ha- I mean, you'll always be in his life. You're you, you you know you're like an aunt to him. But I just I feel like I really just wanted it not to have that happen. The yeah. adoption thing, and Which it makes was sense. then it was oh that is that, that was the turning event. that so. was the turning event of everything. And that was when she started manipulating things because she was going to try to take him legally, and that's what. Some of her things that I found out is very common with abusers that they try to turn it in, into you're the problem, uh-huh. which is obviously what she's been trying to was trying to do to me. But she tried to do it through the legal channels, you know, calling CPS and, all, and they would and there was no re- they would come. They would talk to everybody. No reason. And so she figured out that people aren't just going to take her word for it because, you know, oh, her yeah. family and friends so She did
1: do CPS reports. Right? Yeah,
2: she did to do that. Uh huh. and so and they came and they were just like no and they immediately like, were like the case. Yeah. yeah and um so you know so she tried to do it legally at first and that's when i said that i was trying to forgive her for think that's what we were talking about okay because i moved back that because i had moved out to, to stay at, at a the ywca domestic violence shelter and then i came back with because she was going to, she told oh, me yes. she was in a dark place, so she made a mistake. And after 25 years, I feel like I needed
1: you. You have invested so much yeah. in her, so you're like, maybe plus, I knew was I was going to have
2: another surgery, to be honest with you. And I had no idea what I was going to do with my son, yeah, you know, why I had that surgery totally makes sense. So I came back, and so I think for a little while, because I was pretty healthy when I first came back. Um, well. Back from the shelter, obviously, she had no access to you, right? Right, in the shelter. But even when I first moved back in. But what I found out later is – so initially, I I assumed that she gave it uh, like a trying – You know, she wanted to be friends. She wanted to make it work. Maybe she had realized what she did wrong. But then I found out that she was lying the whole time to get me to come back. And she was still manipulating people and trying to turn people against me. While I was at the shelter, and when I first came back, so there was never a time where she find, tried.
1: So did you find this out later after the investigation? Yeah. Or, okay. So after, so you moved in with the idea that things were getting better.
2: Well, she. I mean, she was saying weird things like. Oh, I walked into your room and I saw a picture of you and it just made me so sad. I'm like, why are you going? Like, it's just, we're not, we're not those people. Like, we don't look at each other's pictures and miss each other. Like, that's not no. how we are with each other. I mean, in 25 years, we've probably hugged twice. Okay. And it was awkward so it was both very, times. Very, very friendship. <laughs> yeah. like, awkward hugs, 25. Yeah. We were, like I say, we weren't even like, you know, affectionate friends. We were very, I mean, very we, much roommates. We Yeah. Well, and, and so, Um, but so she was saying all these weird things and, but she was trying to gaslight me. Like she sent a video while I was at the shelter, she was trying to get a hold of me and, um, she would call and call and call and I'd have to block all her work numbers. And then she'd have her friends call me and, and her boss, she was stalking me while she was claiming that I was, uh, you know, the, the problem she was stalking me. And so, um, she sent my dad, so she started calling my dad. Um, because she couldn't get a hold of me.
1: Which makes sense. She's trying to get access, right? Yeah.
2: So she sent my dad a weird video of herself that she wanted him to show me. And I was like, I I didn't even see it, but he told me what it was. And so then when I was talking so to So what her, was the video? It was her telling me the things I can change to come back and, that, okay. and one of those things was that then I'll let her have my son and she'll pay me $500 a month for my son. She
1: tra- oh, so you, you. – like literally you could human traffic your child. Yes, <laughs>
2: yes, yes. Because $500 or any amount of money. Like it's she thought like, – like, oh, okay. Like what is she ta- – That's what Rachel wants. <laughs> exactly. So um, – but when I got back, the one thing, because part of it was she had to go to therapy, because I needed to know why she did that. Because it's fine for her to say she was in a dark place. I was trying to let give her the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. And keep in mind, it, it wasn't like a simple decision. I mean, these were over the courses of time where yeah. she's you know apologizing and trying to make things right, um, and me try, giving her the benefit of the doubt. It wasn't just like she said, oh, sorry. And I went, oh, cool. cool. You tried to legally take yeah. away my son and lie about me. Um, but so she sent so she sent this video during that time. And when I got back, one of the things that should have tipped me off, but was I'm used to, she's always lied. She's always been someone who lies, but she was telling me she didn't do the video. And I'm like, yes, you did. My dad and my sister saw it. No, I didn't make a video. I didn't make a video. She was telling me she didn't file court papers. And I'm like, well, if your lawyer filed them without your knowledge, which why would a lawyer do that?
1: No, they like. Getting paid to
2: do things. And I'm like, I have them. His
0: lawyers are the worst. I would know.
2: <laughs> you are one. Well, and, they just, and they just go and file um child custody suits I mean, on people without the... Yeah, prisoner. willy-nilly. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's why fun. Brandon
1: got his bar degree, like his <laughs> license, right? Yeah. right? His bar license. Yeah, that's what I
0: started doing right away. I'm just like, oh, hey, random person over there. Mm-hmm. Your kid's mine.
2: Yeah. And so I'd say, I have the paperwork in my... Car. And I said, okay, fine. So she just wouldn't... She would not... Uh, admit that she had done it or that she'd sent the video. And I'm like, "Oh, fine, I'll have my dad email me the video because I'm sure he kept it. And I'll show you. And then all of a sudden, she, she doesn't say, OK, you're right. I did do it. She just stops talking about it. Aww. And that's, and so she would do that same sort of thing. And so you know, it was just that gaslighting. And I sh- that should have been a red flag for me. But I'm so used to her lying. I was going to say, but she's broken you down for like 20 you, years of yeah. lying,
1: basically. Yeah.
2: And I just got so used to... Because the thing is, I just don't I, – I, I knew – even when I would know she was lying, unless it was something that I needed her to acknowledge, I, I wouldn't even – I would just know she was lying. Like, I think she thought she got a lot more over on me than she did. It just wasn't worth the investment. It just wasn't worth the fight. And, and having yeah, but, her tell me that she didn't make a video that's out there, having her tell me she didn't file court papers that I have and could have gone – went and got for her because I kept it all. Yeah. Um, you know, and just things like that, just, it, it was so d- exhausting and she's so uh-huh. exhausting as a human being just, you know, like to live with. And she would even comment, she knows she is, she would even comment, my family's just happy that you deal with me and they don't have to yeah, because she's so much work. So what made you stay like all these years? Um, kind of what we talked about in the last it, obligation um gratitude um you know I wasn't raised with my siblings and I um I was raised in the same home as them but I was um in a dance thing that we had practice every day and we traveled all the time and I I didn't really wasn't really raised with my siblings and didn't
1: You were raised in a dance company. I was like.
2: yeah I was raised I was an adult at 5 years old. Yeah. Um and so I just kept thinking that this is how
1: unconditional
2: friendships and siblings and and things are. Like you just take the good and the bad and i i found out that, i figured out with this that i don't have good boundaries because
1: ah, welcome to the club
2: <laughs> <laughs> but i but i would give her the i would believe her and she was so earnest and so oh, you're my best friend i mean even up until the day she was arrested she was cuz i'd say it's fine cuz when we talk about me moving out it's fine if you want to just have right on your life because i'm i've i have a saying that i've said to her a million times and, I, and i'll always say I don't hate anyone more than I love my son. Yeah, and the thing is, is you know, meaning that if it was good for him, you'd do it. I would do it. Because you're and a good mom. E- even if I didn't like it, her if she was good for him, I would let her. Because you're a him. good mom. I, yeah. So, um, you know, so I would say it's fine because you're gonna see Ryder. and and keep in mind at the time I thought that I was having these weird illnesses, I was going to need someone to be there, you know, check in on us and help me out. And when I'm... You
1: thought you would maintain the relationship, just have a little space. Just have
2: some space. And, you know, and so, she said, you know, cry. Well, she didn't, not tears, but Crying. yeah she doesn't i, I yeah. i've never seen her actually cry but it was um, like
1: the whininess kinda. yeah
2: the oh you're my family you're my family and she'd use that family word and she knows that my family is not great so that triggered you it did and it, it, it the guilt and yeah. and the thing is is it has it was not always bad but we went through bad times and yeah. so some you know maybe this was just a bad time Oh, that's easy. Yeah, I mean, she's not easy ever. She's even in good times, she's not easy to live with. And so, I had grown accustomed to not letting every little thing bother me. Not, you know, just basically giving a wide berth of expectation.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, because, you know, I was grateful for the, she helped me with my son. I was oh, grateful yeah. that I had someone who loved him. And, Makes sense. And I was grateful for somebody who, if I needed a ride, I could call. Yeah. You know, at it all, it, it, you know, any time.
1: So true. So here you are, like, the dots have fallen together. So, mm-hmm. like, usually the FBI come and your world come, cr- comes crashing down. The FBI came and you got your world back, yeah, basically. Did. And you're starting to see, like, every time you – something pulled you away from her, like your exercise or you're wanting to move out or – Whatever, or was, make a friend,
2: or, or literally, like make a friend. Mm-hmm. If other you friends, I would get sick. I would get sick, and then so what happened with the first time the insulin um, yeah. happened? Um, we had talked about you know that I had given her the idea, but what had happened was I had MRSA, and there's a long story with the MRSA of the th- times where I'd pass out and she'd walk over me because I still couldn't move when I woke up. I was still alert, but I I hadn't wasn't able to move or talk, and I would see her just walk right okay, by me so
1: this was she first poisoned you with MRSA yeah
2: well she first poisoned me with a lot of other things but MRSA was kind of this last that last year of okay. before she was arrested and then the insulin is what the charges were for and so they okay. they became um and they were the most egregious as far as um there's no reason why I'm alive so they should have killed it should have killed me so that it's kind of the most egregious you know the other stuff is Cruel and torture. Even the judge called it torture. Uh Um, But because of but the the insulin was actually the most humane because I just fell I went to sleep and just didn't wake up yeah until I woke up. But um, what had happened was is I had MRSA. um, I was starting to get really ill from the vancomycin, and I was starting to what's vancomycin the antibiotic the really strong that was through a PIC line. Okay, and so to. I was becoming neutropenic, which is that when people hear that the, that like chemo and all that, your body starts rejecting it, it, uh, the white blood cells, it's killing off my white blood cells. Okay. Okay. So,
1: killing your immune system.
2: Right. Yes. And so, um, there was one weekend where I, I, I think I'm not, I think I'm I'm going to die. I just knew it. I did. And so, um, I told her, because I told her when I said no to the adoption, I said, if I ever become like terminally ill or something where there's a thing, of course I will. Because, you know, because we weren't married or even in a relationship and she wasn't biologically related to him. There, If I had a – because at the time, remember, I had a half million dollars in life insurance. If I had a family member who came forward who found out about that and came forward knowing that that money would be attached to my son yeah. and tried to fight her for, for – you know, that was our concern, yeah, was,
1: which means, and they might have won.
2: Well, and, and in my family, of course, they would have done it. Um, and then given him – once they had the money, then him uh, the relinquished state. him to the state. But um, so I had said, okay, we probably need to go sign paper because I, I, I really – I just that ominous oh, – I knew I was dying.
1: You're dying and she's just getting tickled pink inside.
2: Yeah. So I – Monday, all of a sudden, my labs got better. Because they were running my labs every other day, which was a lot for even for what I was going through. And so they were running my labs every other day. And all of a sudden, my labs were better. And I started to feel better.
1: Do you think she stopped poisoning Uh you or the medicine started working?
2: No, I think, yeah, I just think my immune system just picked back up or whatever. I mean, you know, my surgeon, who's an amazing doctor, um, handled all of this. um, And the pharmacists and all that, they were in constant, they were adjusting things. So about two weeks – so then I said, oh, we don't need to do it. So we didn't go sign the papers because I wasn't oh. dying anymore.
1: And that was like a nail in
2: her heart. At, about two oh. weeks later is when the first insulin happened.
1: <gasps> oh, like you she didn't really, have time like, to order that's it.
0: That's crazy.
2: Yeah. You can really like connect every single thing. That's to what, what one I'm one saying. One. Like that's why we would be here for – because I can literally go through every poisoning or every time I had a, situ- a time period where I was – you know, couldn't get out of bed – There was always a connecting. and
1: That was disconnecting you from her, like an event.
2: Right. And the fact that she thought I was going to die, I didn't die. And then – so then she had to make sure I did die. So she – Because she got excited. Yeah.
1: She got excited and she saw this, like, life she wanted in it. Right. Accelerated the violence. So earlier you said there was a time where, like, you were – Laying on the ground, passed out, and she just walked over. Yeah. So
2: I was – so in my beliefs, we kind of – like emotional or physical pain or anything like that, um, you spend time in nature. The earth, um, in particular, like soil under your feet is kind of supposed to heal you. And so I would – I had um, one of my friends um, who lives in Italy and I would talk and she – told him she's like you need to I I just feel like you need to get out into and just dig in soil and all that. So I would go outside, you know, drag my pick line, uh, you know, hoist myself outside and just lay or just be out there and I would, you know, plant flowers or or weed or, or do something to just kind of put me in with nature. So I was out there and she um came home and she came out back and so um I was just I just I got really dizzy. She was asking me if I the last thing I remember is her, her asking me if I ate and I couldn't I don't know if I had or not, but all of a sudden I, next thing I know, I was I was laying on my back in the middle in the grass. And I couldn't move and you know when people pass out, it's not like how in the movies or things like that. And typically it's very It's very rare for someone to actually pass out the way it's done in movies. Yeah. It's just – but this was. This was – I passed out and then I – was out for I don't know how long because obviously um, I was passed out. But you, you didn't look at the clock. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I didn't get my timer out. And you're I like, was like, i about to pass out. And I just, I was, it was like my body couldn't move, but my brain was working. Uh-huh, like that when you're coming to almost. Yeah. Like same like
1: when you're coming out of yeah. surgery. It was the exact same. You could hear things around you. Yes. You can kind of start seeing, but you're still mm-hmm. kind of frozen.
2: So I, so my eyes open, because I could hear her walking, but my eyes open and I literally was sitting there and and I'd watch her walk past, to and from. So I'm laying in the, you know, we had a detached garage that was, um, you, and so she would walk back and forth right by me, um, laying in the grass, passed out. And <laughs> so she was just hoping you were dead. She was hoping I was dead. That's so sick. And so,
1: but I asked her about it. I mean, it. I
0: think we've established that about her. <laughs> I know, her, but, but like
1: just that
2: imagery <laughs> of like, Woohoo! I did it! Let me get some things cleaned up in the garage so I don't get caught and then well, I'll call
1: 911.
2: Well, <laughs> in, in the same time. So the MERSA, so I had they typically don't do neck surgeries going in the back, but because they had a cage mine, they had to go in the back. And so I couldn't see the wound and I couldn't I couldn't raise my hands up to even touch it. I couldn't brush my own hair or anything like that, because it was on the back of my neck. That's where the MRSA was. So I kept saying, if it's really painful, and they'd say, Oh, it's painful, you know, on the phone. With my doctor's office, and I say it's swollen. Well, it's going to swell. This is a really horrible spot. This is going. This is probably the most painful surgery you're going to have.
1: Wait. So the i. So wait, wait, hold on. The back of your neck. You had neck surgery, and then she infected the neck surgery with MRSA.
2: We think so. Yeah. Because, oh my hell. So this is the pass out time. Okay. This was during that same. So a few days after the pass out, I had said to her, I said, I can't feel it. I can't do anything but laying on it and just I can barely breathe. Like, I could not breathe because the swelling was felt like it was cutting going, coming through the back of my neck to the front to cut uh-huh. off my trachea. And I said, will you look at it and tell me if it looks infected or looks like something's wrong? She, nope, it looks great. Looks great. Looks great. She's it's like, sweet. looks like MERS is growing. Fabulous. <laughs> so I went to the Instacare. And she didn't she tried to talk me out of going to the Instacare because it was a Sunday. And she was just like, Oh, just wait and call your doctor tomorrow, you know, da da da, da. you
1: could die tonight. My world would be complete.
2: Well, yeah, I'd passed out a couple of days before and I was really weak. And so I went to the Instacare. They looked at it. I went and sat in. The guy moved my ponytail and I could literally you know, he was behind me, but he jumped back and he said, You need to go to the ER right now. Oh my gosh. Don't go home. And if 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 you even think that you might have to go home or or can't get a ride, I will call an ambulance. But and I probably should. But if you have a ride that can take you, I Save want you to eight thousand dollars. Yeah, I can go, I can leave well, and because you know that was my job, and they end up always being my coworkers. I I try not to take ambulances. I don't want them to see. You well, know. they cost so much damn money. <laughs> but so they, she said, and so when I went, I said, "Is it bad?" And he said. There's literal, like, pus and infection oozing out of it. And I said, well, she said it just looked – it was just swollen and everything. And they said, anybody with – I said, well, she's not a medical person. And they said, anyone with eyes can see – it was black and had spots, like cottage cheese. Ew.
1: Ew. That's so horrible. And And she she had told me it looked
2: fine. No. And so, I mean – and so the pass out thing happened – And then this happened. And keep in mind, this was before the insulin. This was before all of this with the MRSA. So MRSA was before
1: insulin, and then she was going to go for Versa.
2: Yeah, she's like, MRSA got me the closest, right? Right, because you almost died. Well, and we kept thinking that because of the timing of the insulin that that the insulin, even though every doctor, by the way, I had teams of doctors, not just I had LDS Hospital, IMC, the U, all their interns were researching for weeks and weeks and months, eventually months. I'm kind of surprised that none of them said, like, the
1: they, only cause is poisoning.
2: Like, they did. They did.
1: Oh, they did. Whoa, whoa, wait. Hold on. When did they say this? Please. The first
2: time I was in the hospital, they said, the only way we can, I mean, we're going to, they test, well, okay, not the first time, the second time, because um, the first, she did it again two days after I got home from the hospital the first time.
1: Okay, home from the hospital the first time. Two
2: days later, she did it again. Did what again?
1: Was it the MRSA? Insulin. Insulin. Okay. So she did the first
2: insulin after I told her that um, I had recovered from the MRSA and that I was doing – I mean, I still had to be on the vancomycin, but I wasn't dying anymore. And then – so she did the insulin, and then I got home from the hospital from that. Two days later, she did another dose of insulin because she got close because I wasn't supposed to live. And I had a near death experience, which I know people are going to think is weird, but I did. No,
1: okay. Well, after this, we'll go into yeah. that. Yeah.
2: Okay. So, um, so I, so she, they said, it, we really, I mean, they ran all the tests. We're going to do it again. We have interns on this. We're sending it out to the U to some specialists. I had to see an endocrinologist, or like a specialist endocrinologist. That, and and everyone's like, we have no idea. And they said, but really, is there any way that you inadvertently took insulin? And I said. The only way I could is if the pharmacy put insulin in my, instead of a, you know, like a pill, like a, a prescription, like they, the pharmacy messed up. Yeah. And they said, but you would have had to take like a handful of them. And I'm like, I, there's not any medication I take, prescription or over the counter that I take a handful, even in a day. Okay. And so they said, okay, could you have, could somebody have injected you with it? They thought maybe somebody – because I had a pick line. That, do you do – could somebody have accidentally injected you? Well, if the vancomycin that they put through the pick line had been insulin instead of vancomycin, the timing would have been different. It just – it wasn't going to – it wasn't that the, the – I get it, yeah. Right. Did so – and they said, well, did some – could somebody have did this to you? And I, keep in mind, she was hovering the whole time. She walked out um, – because my sister was there and she even made a comment that she walked out Oh when my they started gosh. questioning because I asked her later, I'm like, what and she's just like, oh, I just thought maybe you guys wanted some privacy. And I'm like, she's never given me privacy any other time. Yeah, that's really interesting. <laughs> she, she's like, I feel the heat on my shoulder. My pants Shh. are burning on fire. And I said, No, absolutely not. But then I later asked my dad, who my dad um does take insulin, and I asked, Would I know? And keep in mind, um, and he said, You would know. It's a shot. And that's when – because we didn't, you know. And so um, it just – I didn't – Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So – and then – so I told – so she knew about that. And the longest period of time where I wasn't poisoned was after that second one. She needed the heat to be off because – Because she, she knew – oh, my gosh. So she she's like – There was too – yeah. It was there, too, too much. It was – it got too – yeah, the medical people were saying the only way you could do this is if you got injected.
1: Yeah, so the medical people were on her liar liar pants on fire trail.
2: Well, they didn't know her, but, but they, they didn't They something. didn't even know if I. Well, she. I found out later she was telling the paramedics that I was doing it to myself, or kind of implying like. Yeah, she's been really depressed lately, and and because she's been so sick and yeah, and everything. So I mean, so they didn't know if I was doing it to myself. I could have been a you know Munchausen person, who just make them s- sick for true. But for attention. I'm the opposite. Whatever the opposite of a hypochondriac is. So if you know me, you a know on yeah. hypochondriac. I I mean, my dad when I was dying a regular
0: I, person. Yeah,
2: well, when my dad was like. <laughs>
0: True, My dad was asking me how I'm
2: feeling. And this was when I thought I was dying. I'm like, oh, I'm fine. Everything's good. <laughs> I'm going to go out and garden. <laughs> I'm going to go out and garden and pass out. <laughs> yeah. And I did, I don't tell people like when yeah. I pass out. I did, I just don't. I don't like talking about it. So I don't like the attention from being sick. That's And she
1: probably noticed that too and was like, oh, she's not going to get attention so I can do this sneakily. Yeah. Um. So you just have all these instances. The doctors, you're kind of healthy for a minute, and you said you had a near death experience. When was that? So the f-
2: very first insulin time. So my mom's deceased, and um, I was. So I had a thirteen blood sugar, and they had given me, I think, uh, I think a total three bags of glucose, which sugar w- water, right? One should should raise you um, without low two, but that's when they had told her. That um, I wasn't going to make it. Like she's not waking up. She's you know she's in a diabetic coma or whatever. She's not waking up. Low in She's not going to live. And so she so she didn't come to the hospital. By the way, she didn't come to the hospital, and that's when everybody was saying oh like she gosh. almost seemed happy. So
1: wait. So the first time she's like she's not going to make it, and she's like peace. I got to leave. Like job done.
2: Yeah, she wasn't there. So and and I'll tell you why how I so. It was – I'll tell you kind of funny how she found out I wasn't dying. So I was there and I was walking uh, down a hallway and my mom was there. And keep in mind, it wasn't a dream. And I know medical people will say it was lack of oxygen. It wasn't. It was real. I believe you. So we can go from there. Yeah. And close your ears if you don't believe this stuff. But it did happen. turn off the rest of the episode. And my mom was talking to me and she spent a lot of time talking about how she was sorry for how my siblings are. And I later was telling – my dad like that kind of annoyed me like why are you wasting our time talking about th- those people yeah and um she was saying all of these things and then so you were walking down a walking you, at a corridor there was no there was no bright light no bright light just your mom my mom was walking with me and she, we and got to talking. yeah okay. we got to like a like where the corridor ended and you could turn right or left and go down and my mom said you can go back. And, and by the way, I, I I don't know how I know this, but I know that not everybody has a choice. This was like, so anybody who so dies didn't kind of, choose. Yeah. yeah. So No, but this kind of was
1: like, you can either fight through it yeah. and your mom's telling you to fight or you can give up. And she or said, you can like take the next
2: road, I right. say. And she said, it'll be hard. Things will get hard, but you can go back. And I said, I have to go back for writer because he won't, um, he will have no one. He'll, he won't have. He won't. He he needs like he freaks out when I go to the hospital. He he freaks out when I'm you know. He needs me. And she said okay. And then I turned right, she, and my mom turned left, and you know she said I love you and things. And I
1: like how you skip over the sweet parts of – She
2: said I love you, and uh, <laughs> my mom's like me. We're not super I like know, I, we're like either. love you. Okay, high five, and um and I woke up. I turned right and I woke up in the ambulance oh. and you should have seen everybody's faces or because they were wheeling me into the ER. They thought I was dead basically. So then I go into so this is the funny part and and this is just just funny. So I I go into the room and I'm laying there and they're like you're awake and you're talking because they thought if I was awake I'd be brain damaged. Yeah. So they told me that they they were calling my husband David and and that he was on the way, and I said, "I don't have a husband." And so remember, <laughs> they think that I just they think that you're my like sugar's still really low. Yeah. But you know, they think that I could be brain damaged or I'm whatever, low sugar. And they're like, "Yeah, you do. It's okay." But he's on the way. He's he's coming. You're
1: like, ladies,
2: but gentlemen, there is no husband. So I thought to myself, you know those movies where you. People go to sleep and they wake up and they're in a different life, but yes. they remember their old life and it's to them a lesson. I <laughs> thought that I was in that movie. You're like, oh poo. The, I,
0: almost like the the Christmas or not Christmas story, the um I don't know. Mr. That. No, not Mr. Kruger's one of oh the gosh. bad one. The one with the ghosts of Christmas past. Christmas Carol. Oh, Christmas Carol, thank you. Gosh.
2: <laughs> yeah, well, I well, always think there's some there's some like Hallmark or Lifetime movie with, um, yeah. and yeah, and sh- so I, I, I and I was just laughing because I was so giggly because my sugar was super low, and um you know and you're just because I it's like I'm just a happy apparently when I have don't have a lot of um sugar you're happy. It- or yeah anytime i'm altered i'm i'm very very happy i'm, I'm happier than
1: <laughs> when I want you're to happy think. normally so any substance makes you happier yeah it, so it, it does
2: it does so um so i i thought it, i just was so thought it was awesome that i'm in this movie that i have you know, or the, yeah. you know this movie life where it, this really happened so i said well let me i said so i'll have you call my friend and she'll tell you that i don't have a husband And, and I thought, what if she tells me, it tells him I do like, I was all excited. And so I told him her number. And and apparently I knew it by heart, even when I was altered. And so they handed me the phone. So I call, I call her and she picks up the phone. She sees it. I'm sure she sees it It was the hospital call. Hi. And she's like, Hello. And I'm like, and I'm like, I'm awake. And by the way, and I tell them that that they think I have a husband named David. And da 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 da. da which turns out, I think David's wife did pass away in the room next to me. They got oh, us confused. Poor David. But that's how, and so when she acted irritated that I, Ooh. I thought it was because she was in shock because they told her I was dead, or Ooh. would would basically be dead. So then she kind of had to be like, all right, I'll come, I'll come back to the hospital. You know. And, so she's like, "Oh, poo! I failed again." Yeah, she was disappointed, and that's when everybody was saying that was that she seemed almost mad. And, oh, that's just grief. That's just you know, she had a traumatic experience. People handle things differently. You're but, way too nice, but that's how she found out that I was live is because I, thought- I called her from you know not my you know cell phone from the hospital line, laughing and thinking it's so funny that everyone thought I had a husband named David and tell him the truth and or Jesus, tell him the real story. Oh my god. Oh my God. And then I was, you know, and I was so relieved that, I mean, there was a part of me that was relieved because I, who knows what David was like, you know, so. I
1: mean, he could have been a millionaire. Yeah, he could have be been honest. hot. Yeah. yeah like, so, hey, honey.
2: <laughs> she just acted. I mean, and I even said to her after I got home and that and I would say to her all the time, you don't act like somebody whose best friend just almost died. You almost feel like they would be protective of you. They would. Yeah do everything for you. And she was the opposite. She didn't, I mean, she never, I mean, when I say she helped me after surgery, the only thing she ever did was take care of my son, which is a lot, but she didn't help me. Like I would fall because all the time, because she, she wouldn't help me do things. She wouldn't yeah. help me walk to the restroom. She wouldn't vacuum. She wouldn't do anything. I had to, you know, she was, she never helped alone. me, no. but she was, it. she was to the point where not helping me and seem mad. And I'm like, you don't act like you'd think you'd almost be like overprotective and and she didn't act like that. And so then what was her
1: response to that?
2: Oh, you know, I care. You know, I'm just, you know, because she's, you know, she's awkward and and doesn't she doesn't have empathy. She doesn't like she she didn't cry at Titanic. She didn't cry at the notebook. She didn't cry. She doesn't cry at. Maytag commercials. She I did not credit uh,
0: any of those either. To be fair, well, you psychopath.
1: are <laughs> no. I <was> she. Like, <laughs> I was like, we do know you're psycho Well, so. and we
2: we just would call it cute, or you know, we would call it the less stigmatized because psychopaths actually you can be have psych, be a psychopath and not be criminal. Yeah,
1: but once totally. you are a
2: criminal psychopath, which she is, she's never coming back from it. Like oh, she totally. will always be yeah. one. But we would call it things like you know, I would borderline or call it antisocial not you know in the clinical way and all that but we've all i've always known she she doesn't have empathy she doesn't uh, have she does not empathize with people she doesn't have emotions she knows how to fake emotions she probably
0: narcissistic in some way but i mean
2: that gets
0: that gets thrown around so much i hate telling you that but truly
2: is no because you truly it's is It's super
0: hard for narcissists to be diagnosed cuz they have to go to a therapist and if they are they're not. Well, she thinks go she knows more than the therapist so. when she goes.
1: <laughs> and there we go why? Yeah. Well,
2: and she thought she thought she knew more than the FBI. She thought that she thought,
1: she thought that you could buy Versa
2: and make beer. She told them that she was doing it to make beer and I'm like they asked me that without context remember and I'm so like
0: It's she, a really rare kind of beer. Yeah. yeah.
2: I mean, it's <laughs> a kind of beer that you're going to pay a high dollar of your yeah. life for. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> What would happen is we had several bail hearings and she would come to the bail hearings and Her lawyer on her behalf would talk about how she realized, you know, she made a mistake. First, it was she's so sorry that I had an insulin problem, but that wasn't her. And Ah. then would find she'd find out that we had the evidence of the needles that we found, you know, that they found at her work, and and she didn't even apologize or didn't even try to make excuses. She just would move on, kind of like what she did to me with the video and all that. Oh, totally. But she, so she, but the one thing that they would say is they would say she. Is she knows she that this child isn't her. She know she's moved on. She she understands this. Being in jail for this month has oh poor thirty. Yeah, has has and so. But then they would have the transcripts of the recordings. She was telling people she a psychic in jail told her that they were going to drop the charges. (laughs) They were going to let her and let her out. They were going to go pick up my kid and bring him to her and. Then keep in mind, Then she went so far as to say, and if Rachel does everything I tell her to do, she might be able to have visitation.
1: Oh my psycho. She <laughs> lost her marbles. Sounds like a
0: good deal.
2: Yeah.
1: I mean like you might have visitation of the child you birthed and raising. Right.
2: And Just maybe. Right. And so I mean, so that was the thing is it was always it's always about like what she, you know, she would say in the, But she is legitimately thinks that – and when she was having the sentencing, which was, you know, eight, nine months after all of this happened, the only time I even saw any emotion – you know, because I was talking, I was crying, I was saying how it impacted me. The judge was basically telling – the judge didn't miss mince words with her no nothing happened to her face he's like she didn't show any emotion the only <laughs> oh. time she has showed emotion is when they said now we have a protective we uh, she approved the protective order that doesn't expire so basically a lifetime
1: yeah a continuous
2: because she said the only t- way this could happen is if it, w- either one of you me or her petitions a judge and she said and I, let me tell you if you petition to her if you petition a judge, a judge isn't going to lift this, and so you just saw the moment when she realized she's never going to see my son again, because she thought for the last nine, ten months after everything that she was going to see him again. She, li- I feel like, like she maintained.
0: I mean, I some. feel like I've got some flying pigs I could sell her to.
2: <laughs> Probably top dollar. Yeah. Well, I mean, she like she was just going to be able to talk her way out of it, or.
1: And it almost seems like the more she didn't kill you, the crazier she got. Yeah. Because like her, like I can't imagine her acting the way she did in court and like with those calls of a psychic telling her that at the beginning when she was just trying to get control of your son. No, no. It seems like it grew almost.
2: It grew. The reason I wanted to move out and wanted to get out of there is because there was a change. There was something went. And I, it's like there was a darkness in her eyes, and I know that sounds weird, no, but there was. No, it doesn't was. sound weird. I, it it was almost tell. like something just came over her, and she couldn't fake it anymore. I think yeah. she was faking it with me and trying to – and she couldn't. And she was doing things t- that – you know, she's putting my son in harm's way. And and so that was the prob- reason is because we had to move out because you could say it was an accident or something, but it was starting to happen so much that um, I th- – Thought, I thought at the time she was just sick of him, you know, just Uh didn't want to take care of him anymore, didn't want to help me take care of him, I guess is a better way. And, um, but what turns out is we think, and again, no evidence, or not, we don't know for certain, but we believe that she was then going to try to say, look, he had this accident because he wasn't being watched. His mom was, you know, and try to Mm -hmm. blame it on me. Yeah. So she was going to hurt him in order to to blame me. Yeah
1: that is okay so you're crazy. like we literally could go on for hours so what is the best part of your life right now yeah
2: that's a good one the best part of my life is it's just my son and just we have he's just so happy oh he is just and he you know like even last night he was just he because he comes and snuggles up he falls asleep snuggled up next to me oh cute i know and he it just it there's just something like it just makes me happy
1: i it because then you have your little buddy and he it sounds like he's grown so much since he's been taken out of the toxic environment and so have you and it's almost like you both have a new lease on life like your relationship is better
2: yeah he's
1: healthier he's like growing and like progressing and i think
2: that's why it's so it's actually kind of poetic that she's using the fact that she could be a better mother than me um yeah as her excuse for doing this but the reality I and mean, you know she's so far removed from reality and the reality is is that he improves so dramatically once she's gone from her presence yeah that it's almost comical if it wasn't you know so such a horrible yeah you know, story it's almost comical it's almost
1: like flipping her the middle finger kind of double handed
2: yeah and i don't mind that i'm not gonna lie <laughs> Honestly, she, th- she thinks she broke me because, yeah. because she had weakened me and I was at a point where I wasn't even myself. I mean, when I, this first happened, probably all of the people, I wasn't myself. I was
1: yeah.
2: weepy and sad and and all of these things because I was so sick and I just was recovering. And she thinks she broke me because she thinks that she has that power and she just doesn't. And, and I, she's yeah. just the sad girl in prison and I'm get, and I'm hanging out with my son fully vaccinated so I can go out in public now. <laughs> Woo, and, vaccinations! and you know, and that's the thing is just, she's just the sad girl in prison telling the story that she'll be talking about me for the rest of her life. And you're out here thriving. The only time I talk about her is times like this
1: yeah and you're out here thriving and ha- yeah. living this beautiful life and you're just like this beautiful human inside and out
2: and she'll yeah and she'll she'll talk about me I will be the focus of her life for the rest of her life and she's not even a second thought in mind except I love for it. times when Until we're doing I this I
1: exploit you for your story
0: <laughs> <laughs> well thank you so much for oh, coming I'm on again them. and talking some more Um, I know that we did have people that wanted to get the part two so we're happy that we could do it and we're Yay. happy that you could talk with us more about your story and uh, thank you again
2: all right well, thank you guys
1: so glad you could join us this week and be with us as this survivor has opened up their heart and story in the hope that it may inspire someone information about this week's interview can be found on our website utahsurvivors.org
0: trauma creates change you don't choose healing is about creating the change you do choose This program is supported in part by grant number 18W-2025 from the Utah Office for Victims of Crime, awarded by the Office on Violence Against Women. The opinions, findings, conclusions, and recommendations expressed in this program are those of the hosts and guests and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Office on Violence Against Women the U.S. Department of Justice or the Utah Office for Victims of Crime. Our theme song is DNA by Najee featuring Amber Lynn.